the Lions are in big trouble. That and more today on the Charlie Jacobs podcast. It is Tuesday, December 12th, as I'm recording this. And as I said, the Detroit Lions are in big trouble. Since week six, after they beat the Buccaneers, they've been on a huge downward spiral, even though some of the games were wins. They got blown out by the Ravens. They beat the Raiders, but they didn't look great. Their defense really started to show some flaws. They barely beat the Chargers in a shootout game, and the Chargers right now are dealing with the whole situation. Herbert's now out for the year, but even when Herbert was playing then, it was a bad look for the Lions defense to let up that many points to a Chargers team that's been struggling all season. They had a crazy comeback to beat Chicago. It almost seemed a little bit lucky, and that's kind of when Chicago started on their rampage and how well they've been looking. They lost to Green Bay pretty badly on Thanksgiving. If you look at the score, it doesn't say that it's that badly, but when you actually watch the game, it was a really bad loss for them. It was a really bad loss. They did not look good. The Packers' defense was destroying their offensive line, and their offensive line was pretty good for most of the season. And they barely beat the Saints in a shootout a couple weeks ago. And the Saints are a team that isn't really known for their offense this season. They're just kind of there. They're not a great team. They're not a bad team. And it was a shootout against the Lions for the Saints. And then they just lost to the Bears, and Fields looked amazing. This is bad for the Lions. The Lions, after they beat the Chiefs in Week 1, everyone had them all the way towards the top of the power rankings. And they looked great. Goff looked great in the beginning. But now he doesn't look like he did then. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't look as good. And the Lions defense, they're not stopping anyone. I know I mentioned it as I was going through the games, but their defense just hasn't been as good lately. It was awesome in the beginning, but lately Aiden Hutchinson hasn't been playing as well. You have just the whole D-line, Ali McNeil going down with an injury. That's huge for them because he's been really good for them all season. And the Lions defense is just falling apart and they can't stop teams anymore. They're just getting scored on constantly, and it's really not a good look for them, especially if they want to try to be contenders in the league, especially in the NFC, where there's a couple teams that are at the top, and then the rest is kind of wide open. Moving on, I want to again talk about Tyreek Hill. He truly is the most valuable player in the league. Yes, it's a quarterback award. Yes, it's Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy right now. And yes, Tyreek Hill didn't play this whole game against the Titans last night where they got upset. But Tyreek Hill, even just being on the field, even if he's not getting targeted, it changes everything for the Dolphins offense. It's amazing to see how McDaniel puts him in motion. And the defense just has to account for Tyreek Hill that it just opens up so much more space for the rest of the offense. And the thing with Tyreek, you give him a check down, he could take it to the house, 80-yard touchdown. He could just run a streak and he'll beat his man. And he's so shifty in the open field And he's just one of these players that he's one of the best receivers of all time. I'll say that. I think he might be in the top five receivers of all time already, and his career's not done. Right now, he's looking as dominant as Moss did in the 2007 season when the Patriots went undefeated and lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. But that's the level Tyreek Hill is on right now. And yes, him getting hurt was bad, but that's a whole other story because hopefully he's back. And against the Titans, when he was out of the game because of injury, the Dolphins' offense struggled a little more. That might also be part to the Dolphins not having a lot of offensive linemen because of injuries, but still, 
The Dolphins did not look good without Tyreek Hill. He's that much of an X-factor on this team. And I don't know if there's any other player in the league that could be said about him this much other than maybe Patrick Mahomes, who isn't having the best year himself. There really is not another player in the league, especially another wide receiver who is like Tyreek. He's that special. And now, moving on, something really close to my heart as a Giants fan. The Giants are tied for the second longest active win streak in the NFL with three games in a row as victories. After some time with Dable, Tommy DeVito actually looks okay. He looks serviceable, and he definitely earned himself a job somewhere as a second string and definitely third string, maybe on the Giants or maybe even on another team next year. Or he could be a good bridge quarterback for a team that has a rookie that they draft that they need to develop a little bit more. DeVito definitely earned himself some money, and I feel really good for him because it's awesome watching an undrafted free agent do something like this where nobody expected him. All the lights were shining on him because he's in New York, and now the past three games we've won. Dable, again, Brian Dable has proved to the football world that he is still one of the best coaches in the league. After the start of the season, it was really rocky, and the Giants did not look good. Yes, they did have a really tough schedule, but still a lot of the heat was going on Dable, even though Dable won Coach of the Year last year for what he did with Daniel Jones. I still do think Dable is one of the best coaches in the league. The Giants, as I said, they started really bad, and now they're one game out of the playoffs, and they have an undrafted rookie quarterback who is playing for them, and they're still that close, and they just beat a Packers team who has looked really good in beating the Lions and Chiefs in back-to-back weeks, and the Giants' defense pretty much shut them down. And speaking of the defense, they've been one of the main reasons, probably the biggest reason, for all the wins. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's playing unbelievably. He's taken a step up from year one to year two in a little bit of a quiet way because the Giants haven't been good, but the way he's done it and the way he's improved from last season... He is going to be a star for years to come. And when you look back at last year's draft, when he was taken in 2022, that's one of the better picks in that whole draft because he's been that elite this year. Also, this might be a little bit biased, but I still stand by it. Out of all the free agent signings this past year, Bobby Okereke was the best signing by any team. The deal we got him on was not too much money for what he's been giving us. And Bobby Okereke, he's playing on some injuries right now, and he still looks like one of the best linebackers in the league. I really liked him when he was on Indianapolis, and I like him even more now, especially being a Giants fan. And as someone a couple weeks ago was hoping that the Giants would just tank for a better draft pick, but now I can see that this defense is really good. And I hope that Wink Martindale can stay around and him and Dable sort out their beef. Also, on the defense, Deontay Banks... Looks like he might be the best corner in this draft. Devon Witherspoon, also great. But Banks has been so good this year. He's been so locked down. He made a huge play against the Packers. And he's shining whenever they need him to. And he's just a new lockdown corner in the league. And I'm happy the Giants have him because he's a star. Also, Aziz Ojolari, he's starting to show up again. He was injured for part of the season. Last year he was okay. But... The Giants are starting to get some of the production that they actually expected of him. He was really dominant against the Packers. And dare I mention Dexter Lawrence, who is arguably the best interior defensive lineman in the league right now. And the Giants re-signing him to the deal he got, so worth it because he's just an elite player and he really changes the game when he's on the field. Now I want to talk about Dallas really quickly, even though I don't really like the Cowboys. Dak is playing like a legit MVP candidate. CeeDee Lamb is elevated into the tier of an elite wide receiver. 
Their defense is great and it's led by Micah Parsons. And their offensive line is the best in the league with Tyron Smith. Tyler Smith's playing great. You have Zach Martin. Just overall, that offensive line has been really good. And we have to see what happens with the Cowboys in the playoffs because that's where all of the criticism is really at its peak. That's where Dak gets the most criticism because that's where he has struggled the most. He hasn't really won a big game like that. Beating the Eagles was huge for him and especially huge for his MVP candidacy this year. But he needs to win a big playoff game for this season to really matter. And there's a path for the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. Next up, this is a bit of a longer, I guess, segment. But I just want to quickly fire through the teams in the AFC who can make the wild card. Because this list is kind of crazy. So there's only three wild card spots. And the amount of teams that can make it is just astonishing. It's crazy how wide open the AFC is. And even the teams who are leading their divisions aren't that far ahead of some of these wildcard teams. Like the Chiefs are only one game above the Broncos, which when you look at it, it's kind of shocking, especially considering how bad the Broncos were to start the season and how good the Chiefs looked in the beginning. But speaking of these teams, first, I'm going to just go in record order. A bunch of these teams are seven and six. The one eight and five team is the Cleveland Browns. It looks like they're probably going to make it. Their schedule isn't that hard rest of the way. Two things, though, that could be of concern. They're on their fourth starting quarterback this year. They had Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker, DTR, and now Joe Flacco, who has looked great. I'm not saying that he hasn't looked great. He has looked really good, but still, Joe Flacco, he was awful really the past few years when he's played. And him being the quarterback doesn't mean anything is guaranteed. And some news that compounded the news from the other day, from yesterday, actually, the fact that not only Dewan Jones, the rookie, who has been awesome this year, filling in for Jack Conklin once he got hurt, but also Jedrick Wills, this news came out today, that they're both out for the rest of the season. The Browns are losing their two tackles, and for a quarterback like Joe Flacco, who's not mobile, that is not a good sign, especially in the AFC when you have to go up against teams with elite pass rushers, especially in their own division against the Ravens, who have the best pass rush in the league. They have the most sacks and against T.J. Watt in their division, and against Trey Hendrickson in their division. It's not a good thing for that team. Next up, the Steelers. This is really not a good team. They're the first team in NFL history to lose back-to-back home games to teams at least eight games under 500. That's kind of embarrassing. Yes, Pickett got hurt, but he didn't even look that great. They fired Matt Canada. It didn't really change much. Mitch Trubisky is not good. They might not even win another game, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but... Really, who knows with Pittsburgh, because it feels like they always do something and they always sneak in. Next up, the Colts, also 7-6, just like the Steelers. Gardner Minshew filling in for Anthony Richardson, and in a year where the Colts were supposed to be in a rebuild, he's been really good. 7-4 and four as a starter, and it just kind of sends a message to the league that you should be signing backups, because backups can be huge. You look at Minshew, you look at Jake Browning, I'm going to talk about him soon, but... Minshew has been really good as a starter, and the Colts have a sort of easy schedule down the stretch. I'm not saying that any of the teams in the AFC who say, oh no, we have to play the Colts, because I think they'd rather play the Colts than some of the other teams like the Browns or the next team, the Texans. Even though the Texans did lose Tank Dell, it's huge for them. Yes, Tank Dell, every week he would make a couple of huge plays that would just be game changers for the Texans. And it was really evident against the Jets and in the game last week towards the end when he wasn't there. It was just evident there and it's a huge loss for them. 
Also, Nico Collins got hurt in the game against the Jets, which definitely didn't help Stroud, and Dalton Schultz was injured going into the game. But Stroud didn't look the best without three of his top weapons, as I said, Dell, uh, Collins, and Schultz. But he did also get a concussion, and the Jets' pass defense has, on all metrics, been the best in the league this year. So for a quarterback to struggle against their defense, it's not the biggest surprise because of that's how good that defense has been. In the, I mean, the pass defense-wise. Their run defense has been not as good as their pass defense, for sure, but their pass defense has been probably the best in the league. Now a team that I certainly didn't think would be in this position five weeks ago is the Broncos. After they lost 70-20 to to the Dolphins, I thought that season was over. I thought there was even a chance they fire Sean Payton, even though with the whole contract, but they wouldn't fire him. That was just me wanting some controversy in the league or just wanting something to happen. Anyways, the Broncos, they had a really good win streak before before they lost last week, and they won this week against the Chargers. Yes, they did lose Herbert, the Chargers, but still, the Broncos, they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. They're an average to a little bit above average team, but with the way the AFC is shaking up right now, the Broncos could easily make the playoffs, especially because, as I said, their schedule is really easy down the stretch, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get in. But as I said with the Colts, there's going to be a lot of teams that would be, oh no, we have to play the Broncos. That's really not going to happen. Teams would probably be happier to play the Broncos than some other teams. Like this team, the Bengals, also 7-6. and six. Jake Browning looks great in replacing Joe Burrow. Burrow down for the season with the wrist injury, and Browning comes in in that game that he got put in. He didn't look great, and then in his first start, he didn't look great. But the last two games, he's been an amazing passer. His completion percentage is really high right now, and the Bengals this week, they beat the Colts pretty pretty handedly. Jamar Chase, even with the even with the pretty handedly win, Jamar Chase didn't have much production, and Browning was spreading the ball around. The Bengals, they may have found something in Chase Brown, the running back, who went 3-for-80 receiving and a huge touchdown, which was included in that. They're just a very well-coached team. They've been in the playoffs before. They've been to the Super Bowl before. I think Lou Anarumu is one of the best defensive coordinators, maybe even the best defensive coordinator in the league. I think he's going to get a head coaching job next year. But the way he can change the whole Bengals defensive setup at halftime and just the halftime adjustments by him are always so amazing to watch because he's done it in huge games. He's done it in games that don't really mean as much, but he still just knows how to make these halftime adjustments. And they really could be a tough team in the playoffs. If I'm, let's say, the three seed, let's say it's Jacksonville or or the Chiefs, and you have to play Cincinnati as the six seed, I wouldn't be happy about that because Cincinnati has looked really good as of late. And even though Burrow's not there, Jake Browning at Washington when he was in college, he was kind of the alpha, but some injuries and then a whole kind of thing with his career went down because of injury. But now he's playing on the main stage and he's doing it really well and he looks great doing it and he's passing the ball really well and the Bengals run game has been better recently they just look like a better team than they did a couple weeks ago and that's even when they had Joe Burrow and now they don't and then the last team that's seven and six the team that got unlucky and is at the bottom of all these tiebreakers the Buffalo Bills they definitely started off the season not looking too great They've looked a lot better as of late, but there's still some questions. And Sean McDermott has some weird story going around him right now from four years ago. But 
So far, they have this huge, tough three-game stretch with a bye week after the first game. It's the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. So they, they lost to the Eagles in overtime in dramatic fashion, and then they had their bye week, and then they just beat the Chiefs also in dramatic fashion. Mahomes kind of had a little bit of a tantrum at the end, which maybe there's a little bit of respect for Mahomes because I don't really like to see someone who's supposed to be that type of guy. He was complaining about the refs. I don't really love to see that. But back to the Bills. They're 1-1 one one through their toughest stretch of the season, and now they play Dallas coming up in Buffalo, though, which is big, but Dallas has been on a huge hot streak, and Dallas looks like one of the teams to beat right now in the NFL. And as I said before, it's just crazy to think that this team, even with the win over Kansas City, even though they had a barely loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, this team is still at the bottom of all the tiebreakers because of losses to teams like the Broncos and the Jets. It's just not a good situation for them right now. And they do have a hard chance to make the playoffs, but they could be a team that wins out. Josh Allen, yes, there's a lot of turnovers, but his, but his uh, touchdown-to-turnover ratio is still amazing because of how many touchdowns he gets. The Bills are one of the top-scoring offenses in the league. In the past years with Josh Allen, they have been the best-scoring offense in the league. And Josh Allen, is he's a scorer. And the Bills in the next games are going to have to be in shootouts if they want to win. But they could easily do that because of the weapons they have on that offense. One thing that is a little bit concerning, though, Stephon Diggs the past few weeks hasn't really been that good. He hasn't had a 100-yard game since week six. They need to get him more involved if they want to win. And also Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, their connection just seems a little bit off. But other than that, if they do make the playoffs, they'd be a really tough team to play, just like what I said with the Bengals and just like what I even said with the Texans. But now the moment I've been waiting for and the moment you've all been waiting for this week's Jacob's Jugular. Just because it came off hot, I'm not going to not end with the jugular. I feel like I have to. This week's jugular. The Chicago Bears will make the playoffs, led by quarterback Justin Fields. Right now, over the past few weeks, he really looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. The quarterback play this season has been awful. I will say it has been awful. And Fields, in the beginning of the year, he didn't look great. He wasn't really running the ball, and then he got hurt. And now that he's back, he's been throwing the ball a lot better, and he started to run again. He is very mobile as a quarterback. He's a great athlete. He could change the game with one play. He could flip the field with one play. He's a huge dual threat, and he's playing for his starting job next year because the Bears are most likely going to have the first overall pick from the Panthers, and you have Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels. You have these amazing quarterback prospects coming in, and... Fields is playing so that he either A, doesn't get traded, or B, doesn't get drafted over and becomes the backup. He wants to still start, and I think he deserves it because he's been playing great. And the Bears right now look like they could possibly make the playoffs. And a big part of that is their defense. Since Week 10, they have nine interceptions, which is the most in the NFL. From Weeks 1 through 9, they had nine interceptions total as a team. And this, since Week 10... The nine interceptions includes them having a bye week. It's crazy to think. They have a huge lockdown corner in Jalen Johnson, who there were trade rumors on about around the trade deadline, and he didn't get traded. He's also playing for a contract extension after his rookie deal expires, but he's been a stud this year. He's been one of the better corners in the league. And I just want to give a huge shout-out and huge props to Matt Eberflus on coaching up this defense. He was defensive coordinator in Indianapolis, and then he came over to the Bears as the coach, Last season wasn't so great, and this season, 
He's really starting to coach up this defense, and this defense has been one of the better units in the league as of late. And a huge reason why this team could possibly make it into the playoffs, the 6-7 and seven seed in the NFC are wide open. The Packers, they just lost to the Giants after some huge wins over the Chiefs and Lions. The Vikings, they really don't look good. Winning 3-0 against the team is not a good look, even though you came out with a win. And they just, been jo- just benched Josh Dobbs for Nick Mullins. And they really don't know what's going on with their quarterback there. And also Jefferson just got hurt again. The Rams, who I think looked like a really strong team, and I still think they do. And their offense looks great with Puka, Cooper Cup, and with Karen Williams, who is a huge revelation for them. But they just lost to the Ravens in dramatic fashion with the Tylen Wallace pump return. Seattle, they lost to the 49ers, and they're on a huge downward trend. They do not look that good, and I don't think Seattle's going to make the playoffs. And as I said before, the Bears, over the past couple of weeks, they look like one of the better teams in the NFC. And I don't think it's that crazy to say that, because they really do. Fields and DJ Moore have a connection. Fields and I know Cole Komet have a connection. Their running game, even though it's a whole committee, they're running the ball okay, and... Fields is now taking off more, and this team is playing for a playoff spot because now they know that they're probably going to have the first pick, or if not, they're going to have the second pick in the draft, and they can do whatever they want with that once it comes that time, but their draft pick at this point doesn't really matter as much, their own draft pick, I'm saying, because they already have a top two pick pretty much locked up, but other than that, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week for my week 15 recap of the NFL season. Quickly before I go to, I just want to say watching the in-season tournament in the NBA was a lot of fun. Watching LeBron win, that was a lot of fun. I did think Indiana would win. I love Halliburton. He's an amazing player, but it was an awesome thing, and I'm really excited for it to continue. That's all, though, for today. Hope you enjoyed. I'll be back next week, as I said. Thank you.